On today's show, I'll be joined by former Mr. Universe and Mr. World, Tommy Staunton. We'll be talking all things bodybuilding, from competition prep to diet, nutrition, training, and everything else in between. So, let's get started. Tommy, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, James. Great to have you. Great to have you on. Just to to, to dive into your to your background, so a lot of people, a lot of listeners might know you from the bodybuilding background, but I'd like to take people back to, I suppose, their origin stories and how you actually got started in bodybuilding or, you know, did you fall into it or was there other sports involved growing up? Well, you know what, I, I played a bit of uh, Gaelic football, I done the rugby, I, I done a few different little things. And, you know, I, I grew up in an area that there wasn't very much around. I, I grew up in the countryside, so I was in British Bay. Like, I had great beach beside me and stuff like that. And my father was massive into uh, weight training. He was actually a, he was a, he was actually a primary school teacher, but he also taught and went to school in Black Rock College. So he'd done a lot of athletics, like pole vaulting and stuff like that. But he had a huge interest in, in, in weight training. So obviously he had these books lying around and, you know, right. well, they'd look at the books and stuff like that, but he had a weight set and stuff like that. But I was always really interested in, I'd look through these books and then, you know, obviously that was the era of like Arnold and Stallone on the TV. So I was like, going, you know what? I want to look like this. <laughs> so um, I started kind of messing around with weights when I was about maybe, I'd say I was around 14 or so. I started playing weights a little bit, just, just messing around and, and seeing and then and reading and just reading these programs and stuff like that. And then eventually I moved to Dublin uh, when I was about 17. Uh, I went and lived with my brother. And um, from there, I, I, I found a gym, uh, World Gym on Talbot Street. Um, it's now a mosque, believe it or not. But okay. it, it, um, There's another temple of sorts. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I went in there and uh, I was fascinated by it all. Like, you know, just I'd never been obviously a 17 year old country boy, never been in a gym. Like, so I went into this gym and I spoke to a few different fellas and whatnot, like, you know, and, uh, you know, I see I seen this poster for a bodybuilding show that was being held in Liberty Hall. And this would have been like 1995. Around, around that time so I went along and I watched the show I thought it was fantastic and I said right I want to be I want to be doing this kind of stuff this this really interests me like so so I got all these books and I, I read the books and I read through the books and I done my first show I think it was 96 97 and it was a disaster um obviously I didn't done everything wrong I was you know, I was, re- I was reading these diets from like Flex magazine and stuff like that. Yeah. Didn't correlate my physique or what, what I'd done. And I, I figured it out. I was pretty smart because I used to write down everything that I'd done and I could see where I went wrong. And I came back the following year, competed, and I looked pretty good. Uh, one A very good friend of mine, we're still in contact to this day. He beat me. And actually, incidentally, I never beat him on a bodybuilding stage. Um, Paul White was his name and um, phenomenal physique and he, even by these days standards he had a phenomenal physique so um, 
so from there it kind of just took off and um i found my own way of training right i figured out my what works for me so uh well and generally this is how i work with everybody i always find what works particularly for them so i don't have I don't have a certain method. So if you came to me and I had a different, like your training will be different than another guy. Cause I figure out what kind yeah. of program would work for you. So for me, I was a real high volume guy. So I could train. Uh, I didn't like to train to absolute failure. I like to train with volume. And I like to put yeah. heavy weight. Um, so I trained pretty much like six days a week. I trained kind of like Arnold and, um, my diet, I, I, I honed in on my diet. I obviously have weak body parts as well, and I worked on them and just slowly but surely just worked through and ended up winning show after show. And um, and that brought me up to uh, the universe levels, you know. So um, so it got me onto the international stage. And, you know, could I have done things differently? I if, if I could have my time over again, I would do a couple of things differently. Yeah. But... Um, I was actually asked that question today. Who did I have to coach me? And um, I didn't actually have any coach at all. I just, I, I, was, I was all self-taught. I wrote down a lot of stuff. Because yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. When you started first in, in 95, in 96, then you competed for the first time. Like, is there, what was the scene kind of like then for you just co- coming on? Was it big or was it popular? It wasn't big. It wasn't popular. Um I was the youngest guy in the gym, by far the youngest guy in the gym. Uh, there was no young guys my age. It was all older, older guys. <clears throat> um, uh, they would they wouldn't really give you too much advice anyway. The older guys, you know, yeah. you were. I think we were looked at more of someone that was getting in the way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, but a lot of these people I'm still in contact with to this day. So that's like that's a long time ago. Like that's a small circle back then. Yeah, yeah. But um, but but I have friendships there that I built like over decades. Like I have friends there, like you know, which you don't see now. Yeah, people just come and go, and um, everybody's looking for something off you. Like you know, it's not genuine friendships anymore. Like you know, so um, that that was the difference. And I think you know, um. Did it hinder me not having that knowledge? Uh, I don't think it did. I think there's way too much knowledge now because uh, people can't actually um, filter through any of that knowledge. That's the problem. There's so much people are being bombarded with so much information. And you can see the people that are being bombarded by that information because they're they're in the gym. You can see the way they train. You know, they're getting, not it's not bad information, but it's not relevant information to them. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the negative sides around social media and people's consumption of, of information now. Yeah, because, I mean, look, I mean, I got books. I used to go to Easton's and I used to buy books and magazines. And the information was, it's still the same information that you use today. Yeah. I say this to guys, and there is some really good books out there as well. And like, I get a lot of people getting on to me looking for uh, contest prep Um consultations and stuff like that and some of the people can't afford it others i in my opinion i tell them they don't need it um and i tell them to get books i always tell people to read and do your own research and i kind of encourage people to maybe you know do their first shows without a coach and figure it out themselves it's like i mean people try to make this out to be a 
science, but it's it's actually just figuring out your body and learning and just getting used to movements and doing basic movements. And it's a lot of patience as well. Um, you see a lot of guy, guys just jumping into uh, competitions. Yeah. And uh, they're not ready. Um, they've paid a lot of money to a coach and uh, they get on stage and, and they look terrible. And that goes for very well. And now there is other people out there that look phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of people jump up on stage for the wrong reasons. That would yeah. be what I see anyway. Yeah, I think, well, this is my own opinion and as well, like I think for people like ourselves working in the industry uh, as PTs, um, I think a lot of them feel like it's kind of rites of passage and they have to jump on stage for some sort of credibility within within the industry. I think that's kind of the way it's gone through Instagram and social media. Yeah, and this, this is a problem, I, I mean, I've done it over years and a lot of people are thinking, you know, that this is what I always done, but it's not like I worked other jobs and, you know, uh, like I was a manager and Brown Thomas as manager and Arnett's and stuff like that. So I, I done a lot of other jobs. I do, I done a lot of different things, but I get a lot of young guys kind of girls saying that do you want to go straight in as a PT and you know yourself, it's, it's like, when PT is good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. You yeah. know, so times go and what we've had to go through for the last near two years, um, it's like you know you're 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 getting knocked down and then you're starting back up and you know and it's you know there's there's no real job security in personal training unless you're really good at what you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're good at what you do you're okay you know but i see a lot of people coming into pt and they do it for maybe three four months and then they realize shit this is tough and they go back to a normal job you know yeah and again i blame social media for that aspect yeah you know yeah i think it's it's glam yeah it's it's glamorous and it's not a glamorous lifestyle it's 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 tough it's it's a it's a tough job to have and it's it's really tough now that's the problem like you know so if you were to look back, look back um, when you were competing, Tommy, and to, to now, and even like we're looking, we can talk about um, the differences in the last two years. But is there any major differences in the industry overall that you, you've you've seen emerge over that 10, 20 years? Like, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Is it a bit of both? <laughs> it's 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 great that like there's. Um so many people are open to uh weight training that's what i like because a lot of people that i train i i train mainly just ordinary people i don't i don't like normal people not not competitive uh bodybuilders and and you know fitness girls around like that i I train a lot of just ordinary people uh for lifestyle uh, because i think weight training is extremely important for just overall well-being and just to keep you uh basically longevity you living longer now more than ever yeah so that that's I, I that's my side of things it's not for me uh bodybuilding i love but um i rather kind of teach more the side of things of the health benefits of and there is health benefits to certain aspects of the bodybuilding lifestyle but my whole thing is um longevity and health and getting people that are in my age 
to come into training and uh, you know men and women and, and older so that's kind of the market that I kind of I kind of go for um and I think it's a tremendous benefit there obviously I do work with a lot of bodybuilders as well but um but my main thing is uh, throughout the, the years I've seen more kind of normal people come into the gym whereas years ago I used to train in really hardcore gyms and you wouldn't yeah. see no one of those gyms um but you see a lot more females now which is great as well because what I've noticed with females is they do train tend to train a lot harder than guys right uh, see that quite a lot in any of the in big gyms if you observe the way the girls are training the girls are training a lot more efficiently and a lot harder than the than the okay. guy and it's the age as well so like you're looking at 18 to kind of like 30 you'll see a lot of guys and you know you get you know i'm sure in the gym if you're in a kind of a big gym you'll see it you like three or four young fellas and they're all yeah. together and then they're having their can of monster and on their phone which is, and they're having a great crack like you know it's great yeah. then you'll see a girl kind of similar age and she's on her own and she's like hammering training yeah training hard and she's in there and she's doing it she's sweating and she's just focused on her workout and that's the difference that you see whereas years ago when i started training in the gym especially in dublin you'd very rarely see a girl in the gym very rarely. yeah no, it's a, yeah, i 100 agree yeah it's a big big positive it has been a big big shift in the gym and i would agree with the, the training aspects to it as, as well i definitely noticed that like you generally see lads will come in in twos and threes, particularly that age, whereas generally the girls come in on their own and to just go hammer and tongue out for their hour, hour and a half in, out, done, where the lads could be there um, taking a couple of selfies and it could be two, three hours later kind of session. Um, how much work to can quantify in that period, exactly. you know? Get in the way, yeah. But it's uh, but you see that, like, you know, and... Um, I've, that's that's one of the things that that's one of the things that I've noticed. But um, but you can see these little trends as well, like in the training. Uh, a lot of people don't want to really train hard, you know. They don't want to do the the squats. They don't want to do the deadlifts. They don't want to do the bench press. You know, um, machines are great, but mach- machines should be just only a like a very small part of your workouts. Like you know, but I see so many guys. They see stuff on social media guys that are already massive that built their bodies from squats and, and deadlifts and bench press for the most part. And, uh, they, you know, they're just doing refinement work with machines and they're trying to kind of curtail any injuries and whatever else these young guys are doing what they're doing. And then they're wondering why they're not getting big, like, you know, and they're doing like putting bands and stuff and they're using machines and using cables and they're doing all this fancy stuff where there's a squat rack laying, laying idle and they actually get more benefits out of doing squats. Yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about you know getting those books in the east and like can consuming that information. It's still the same, you know, same info now. I still have those books, and uh, you know, I go back through the books, and it's like, you know, th- and it's all relevant. It's not yeah. like weight training hasn't uh, over a century. So, you know, a squat is still a squat, you know, and a bench press is still a bench press. And people try to try reinvent the wheel and they end up getting a square. That's the problem, you know, and I, I see it quite a lot, you know, and it's, I'm not, and I'm not like hating on anybody and I'm not, I'm just saying to people, 
you could do a lot more work by just going back to the basics. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. When I like when I prep for shows, my workouts for legs were just based on squats, uh, heavy squats, uh, heavy front squats. Uh, I done a huge amount of work with squats. Chest was always heavy. De- uh, sorry, heavy bench press, heavy incline presses with dumbbells or barbells, depending week to week, it would change. And then uh, for my back development, it was always deadlifts, chins, and bent over rows. Yeah. And, and, you know, th- those are basic now. I don't do anything like that anymore. Um, my my t- whole thing now is to uh, stay small. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be walking around Indoors. the way you... Yeah, well, you know, I dropped over the last few years. Like, you know, I've dropped body weight of over 30 kilos. Right. You know, yeah come down to a normal weight you know and um and again that's going back to one of the questions that i'll kind of cover a little bit was um uh, to do with the health aspect for bodybuilders especially men that are big heavily heavily muscled i think when you get to like i'm 44 in about two weeks so i think after the age of 40 walking around with a lot of muscle mass on you lifting really heavy weight constantly high protein and whatever else comes with that uh, bodybuilding lifestyle i i don't think if you want to live longer i don't think it's a good way to go about it like you know so yeah uh, one of the reasons i i'm thankful for i got a serious injury back in 2018 and um that's what actually put an end to bodybuilding for me from a competitive point of view and i actually give thanks to that because um it actually stopped me and stopped me and made me think yeah. and uh that's why i kind of came to the decision where i would drop all my size and, yeah. and just look normal <laughs> yeah like there's a lot of you know, people don't realize there's a lot of work and a lot of maintenance in maintaining that you know you know as, as well well it's the eating and constant eating to maintain a body weight you know like my off-season weight was up to like 118 kilos and yeah just about five or five like you know so that's massive yeah a lot of weight on stage like there's just over 90 kilos on stage so um that's that's uh that's a lot of weight on my frame to be carrying so you know if i was in my fo- like if i was that weight now i i don't think it would be doing my heart any good or my organs any yeah oh so, um so i only eat like three or four times a day now and <clears throat> I do training only when I feel like training and stuff like that. If I'm busy, I don't train. Usually if I'm busy, I just fast, you know? So, um, so it's just like a 360 degree turnaround. Quickly from the show aspect, we talk about like the rebounds. I know you're talking about coming 360 from your health aspect over a longer period, but directly after shows, what do you think? Again, I have my own opinion and I've seen it directly and the impact of, of rebounds after shows. I, personally again it's up to the person as well if they're working with a coach or not working with a coach i don't think there's enough of an emphasis put on post contest for a lot of people no no you're right and i'm huge uh the most work i do is actually post contest with people because um if the person has been uh, enhanced um, I always um, I'm in contact with a really good doctor of, of Malahide so um, 
what I always do is I ask people to get their blood work done. And usually if people are going to work, and this is how um, I actually put off, a lot of bodybuilders, believe it or not, uh, are put off by this, but I always look for blood work to be done um, before I take them on for contest or off season. So I always look for blood work to be done. And I always look for blood work to be done in the middle of whatever off season they're doing or pre-contest and then at the end. And that's just to keep them yeah. safe. Things are staying, like obviously levels are going to go up and down, but and not enough emphasis is put on that by coaches. And um, also the mental health aspect of after a show, because you have to think if you get in the best shape you've ever been yeah. in to your um that's very hard to maintain that level of conditioning so um what happens to a lot of people is they they think they can hold on to it but you're literally holding on to that you'll hold on to that level of condition for maybe a week um at most and then it slowly go because you have to go back into normal society and eating and stuff like that and, you know before you know it after about after about five or six weeks you're you know, you're still very lean if you haven't turned yourself into a pig. I stayed in shape pretty much for weeks and weeks on end after a show. But for the first couple of shows I'd done, I used to like think like food was going to go out. Like there wasn't going to be any food. Oh, right. Yeah. Eat and I'd rebound so badly. And then you'd be like, you know, in bits for days. And then you'd go back on a diet and try to drop all the water. It's all water. Your body just retains all the sodium and the the sugar and stuff like that so but um post show is really really important for people and not enough emphasis is put on it by coaches and you know i know a lot of coaches will say well you know this whatever when they're charging they'll go well for a pre-contest whatever money there you go what i do is i say well i do pre-contest but then you need to stay with me for another eight to ten weeks after the show and uh, people just go, ah, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, look, but, I've seen it. Yeah. So well, I think I think the lads get away with it a little bit more so than than the women as well. To a point, but I don't I think I think lads are good at hiding it. Women will break down and cry and whatever else, you know. Mm. Guys will do that at home, you know. But um, yeah. but with, with girls, I'm very much into discouraging uh, the use of any chemicals. Um unless the girl can make a good living from it and do very well on an international stage. Okay. Maybe it's worth the risk, but guys can get away with the chemical side of things more so than girls. Uh, so yeah. I, 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 I do come in contact with girls that do use. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't advocate at all for women to use it. So, so any girls that would come to me wouldn't be using chemicals and I actually mm. off using chemicals because I, I don't believe the majority of girls need it and if they do need it for uh, they shouldn't be in the sport like you know yeah like again it comes down to, to I think come back I put a lot of it on social media um, but the pressure is about you know wanting to succeed and what they're willing to do even for like one, if you're working within the industry, but if you're not working in the industry, it's everything just seems to be to get the spotlight to achieve uh, social media fame <laughs> and to do it to do it in this manner. Yeah, you know the problem. It's not for the sport, or it's not yeah. for a, a sense of self achievement. 
Yeah, the, the, the problem is, James, what people don't realize is because I've been through the whole, the whole lot of it. Like, you know, I've done everything, you know, and um, you have to realize it does have to end at some point. You know, yeah. so um, when it does end, you realize, um, you know, who who was on your side, and who wasn't on your side, you know, so this, this is the problem and this is the problem with coaches recommending these crazy cycles and you know to, to men and women or you know put putting people like what i do is i talk to a lot of people and i assess them mentally will this person be able to do a contest prep um because you know it, it looks all great the end product on stage where they're standing there and they're shredded and whatever else but what mm. have to go through over those months to to get to that stage is sometimes really painful. I've had a very hard contest preps and I've had easy contest preps. And um, what people don't realize is at the end of the day, it's, it's you doing it and people don't really care at the end of the day, you'll, you'll win or whatever and you get pat on the back. But if you're doing that to get admiration from people or it's not, it's not going to help. So um, this, this is the problem. Like, you know, yeah, obviously people are thinking, you know, it's, it's, you know, people are just thinking they're trying to get acceptance from other people by looking a way or, you know, yeah. you know, people put up pictures of themselves in the mirror and it's like, you know, they put it up on their Instagram and it's like, uh, they're, they're looking for likes and obviously those likes, yeah. are a little bit of a good feeling and whatever, you know, but if you're kind of working off, you know that acceptance and that's making you happy i think you really need to assess what's going on like you know when i yeah. competed i just competed for myself i didn't compete for i competed because i wanted to compete and i can compete because I, I i loved to compete and i loved i loved more to so the training aspect of things um and the one of the one of the regrets i have was i never filmed any of the training that i used to actually do or got enough pictures uh, yeah of the way i actually diff, diff, different time as well yeah probably like like some of the lifts uh, i used to do in the gym on a very regular basis i'm just regretting i didn't get those lifts on camera on film like you know yeah it that's one of my regrets i i, I was always going oh fuck i wish i'd gotten there uh, some of the video of that stuff and i was never into it because i remember when i was prepping for um I was prepping for, I think, the universe in 2012, I think it was. And some guy asked, and it was like, it was about maybe six weeks out from contest. And I still would have been training full on heavyweight. And some fella asked, would, you, would I like, would I mind if you came along and filmed my training sessions? Yeah. And put them on DVD. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just because I was so focused on my workouts, I didn't want someone kind of interfering with me, like, you know? Yeah. So. Thinking of uh, Sprung to Mind there, I think it was Rocky 2, was it? Um, or was it the Rocky 3? Where <laughs> he gets distracted by, obviously, after he wins the title, he wants to keep focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 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 but that was the thing. And I was like, it's not that I was selfish, but I enjoyed training so much that I didn't even like to have training partners or, you know, people be, yeah. oh, can I come and do a training session with you? And I just go, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's my time. It's like, you know, it's with, with myself and I, I love to train by myself, you know, so 
Um, that's that's the thing. Like, and I still like to just go and train myself. I don't like training with other people. Yeah, but even working in the industry, it's hard to even to to schedule in something with somebody as well. I know for myself, like you could be training different times of the day, it could be morning, it could be evening, it could be lunchtime. So there's not always somebody available. So you have to get used to that kind of aspect. Well, you see, I was always a morning trainer, so I'd always make sure that I would train early in the morning. And I still prefer to train early morning if I can. So I always yeah. train in the morning time. Yeah, come late afternoon and evening times, be very rarely you would catch me uh, training. But when I was getting ready for competitions, I'd always train between kind of like 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. They would, nice, yeah. you know, and uh, th- that was just me. I was always a real early bird. I'd, I'd always get up really early in the mornings, and I still do. So uh, that's just that was just my habits. That's routine. Yeah, yeah just that's just the way I am. Like you know, if uh, if you just change tact on a little bit again, keeping it with the the bodybuilding angle, Tommy. Where, um, if if anywhere, do you see Irish bodybuilding at the minute? At the men, <laughs> well, let's see. Johan obviously COVID times as well, but is it in a healthy position? Say leading up to COVID, or I, I do. Think, where, where do you think it's at? Uh, I do think it's in a healthy position. Um, I do think uh, there's far more competitors. Obviously, just more categories now as well. So you have like you have a lot of women categories. You have a lot of uh, men's categories as well. So it's not like just just bodybuilding um but do you agree with the the category as well or is that just kind of a sign of more inclusiveness or is it a better because of you know people's bills and yeah i think it just, it just allows everyone to participate in in the yeah. bodybuilding industry or in the fitness industry and um, you kind of got to move with the times i don't have anything against any of the lads you used to get a lot of flack when they first came out with the guys with the long shorts and stuff like that. But, you know, it's each their own. Um, once there's respect and respect between all the classes and categories and once there's respect between all sports, um, I think there's no problem. Like, you know, I, I don't have yeah. with people if they want to do physique. Uh, I judge physique shows and I don't have, and some of them have incredible physiques. So I have nothing against anyone do uh like for me personally if it was me buying a ticket to go see a show i would just go to see the bodybuilding part of it i wouldn't go the bodybuilding and classic bodybuilding i would go and watch yeah i wouldn't pay money to go watch a bikini show or a physique show to be honest which is that's just being honest i i I wouldn't i'd rather yeah freaky physiques (laughs) Oh, like yeah, well, like the 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 bigger guys is kind of like the the hundred meters. It's the it's the main event. Yeah, it's yeah. Any of them, you know. And it, that goes back to see my mentality because when I came up along, I was reading magazines like Flex magazine and and uh, Muscle Mag, and I was watching all these like high level like Kevin Lavroni, Flex Wheeler, Dorian Yates, all these kind of guys, like you know. Um, so that that was my thing. So that was what what I was brought up with. Yeah. So if you had a young guy now and he was brought up looking at the physique guys and looking at their physiques and he was like kind of going, well, I don't really like these massive guys. Like my son would be the same. I don't like these massive guys with huge legs, but I like, yeah. you know, so that, that's, it's just how you're, you're programmed as you come along. Like, you know, but I love the freak physiques. I love the physiques that were put together really well. 
and just uh, I just loved that freakiness. Um, yeah. yeah, I couldn't get enough of that. Like you know, and that's why I went to California to learn more. And I and I got to meet all these guys like in person. And yeah, I realized in person it's a it's a completely different thing. Like you know, uh, yeah, well, like they're they're living a, a lifestyle that probably wasn't really accessible really here, Tommy. Probably at that time. No, that was around two thousand. I went out there. And I used to just go back and forth to the States and just hang out there and uh, just learn a little bit more. And and you learn actually a lot when you're around these people. Like, because in fairness, a lot of them gave nice, solid information. There was really, really good guys and nice guys. And, and they would actually tell you to ask a question and they would, like the way I would be now, if someone asked me a question in the gym, I would be very uh, open and I would answer the question to the best of my ability but these guys a lot of these guys did that like you know and um you know um like lee priest and all these guys you could go and you know lee priest was like a star like back yeah you could walk up to him and ask him a question or just talk to him and no problem he just yap away to you like you know but yeah. that was before social media so i was gonna say it's different times now guys yeah. are probably going around with posses and yes so you, you know you could walk up to one of these guys and just yap away and they're more than glad to get a picture taken with you and talk away to you and stuff like that but now if you walked up to them they'd probably try to ignore you or walk away from you or do something or you know yeah well things they're like they're trying to monetize a lot of stuff like you're you know barrier somebody there that's buying a ticket or buying a t-shirt or whatever or their supplement brand it's yeah, you know they, they kind of don't want to be to be mixing with Joe Public, really. Yeah, but it's like, um, but that's the issue as well nowadays, is because people would um, people would send me questions on Instagram. Uh, like I would do a lot more on Instagram than I do on Facebook, and um, you know they they ask me questions, and I, I would answer the questions, uh, and uh, I, I remember actually. Um, it was uh, it would have been a few weeks ago, but some guy sent me, um, asked me, a, I won't go into the question, but he asked me a question, which is pretty, it was a pretty detailed and serious question that he asked me. So I answered the question and it took me like three paragraphs, four paragraphs to answer that question. And he turned around and he said that he mentioned uh, one popular coach from here. And he said that coach wouldn't answer that question unless he paid him. You know, for that info, I actually know the coach and that coach wouldn't have as much knowledge as me, but he yeah. wouldn't answer the guy's question unless he paid him, like, you know, so it says a lot, like, you know. Yeah, well, this, it's gone. I think it's gone that way. Like, I'd always be very open, like, yourself to to anybody's question if anyone asks me anything on if it's on the field or it's in the gym or yeah like it's just about being personable at the end of the day as well you know yeah but um yeah i kind of seen that i was like kind of going oh yeah okay you know that's what you're kind of dealing with nowadays whereas before um you know you could ask people and people are more than willing to help you obviously uh, if a person's going to take up uh, monopolize a lot of your time that's a little different because i look more so at time yeah so time is something that you don't get back you know money if you lose money you can make money back at some point a week or two or a month or a year later but time you can never get back and that's what i kind of 
focus on. I always focus on my time. So my time is real precious. So I always really kind of like hone in on time and clients know that as well. If clients are late or they uh, answer suddenly, they get fucked out. I think. Get punished in other ways as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, they get fucking charged. <laughs> but, um, Hit them where it hurts. Yeah, yeah. But see, this is, you know, this is the problem. Everyone kind of looks at money, but whereas they should actually be focusing on their time, you know? Yeah. Time is speak speaking of your time, Tommy, now as well. Like for yourself, I know you were you were you're shifting some of your plans down to your training or sorry, your your PT and it down to the gym in Newbridge. Yeah. How's that going for you? How's the transition been? And yeah, it's great. Well, um uh Glenn that owns the gym is actually a really, really good friend of mine. So myself and Glenn yeah. each other for years. So um Glenn gave me a great opportunity to go there and do my PT work. And uh, it's uh, like, I, I feel privileged to be in a gym like that. I don't know whether you've ever been in the gym Newbridge. Yeah, sure. It's only around the corner for me. I, I'm literally five minutes from Monster Evan. Yeah. So yeah. I spend most of the time in Monster Evan. Yeah. So I was in Monster Evan yesterday training. But like, I mean, I've trained in Gold's Gym. I've trained in World Gym, trained in many different gyms. Um, and that's up there. Like, with the holiday, yeah. if not better, because it's so clean, like you know. Like, yeah, I just, I, I'm dying to get to, to Carlo. I haven't got the time to get to Carlo yet to have, to have a look as well. Savage gym. Because I mean, I used to train in a gym in the States, in the California, in Marina del Rey. It was the old world gym. And this gym was like, it was unbelievable, this gym. It was like the flagship for the world gym. So all the latest equi- new equipment from Hammer Strength and Cybex and Life Fitness was in that gym. And they had a full outdoor gym as well. So you had all the leg presses and everything outside, you know. Mm. And um, I remember, tra- like, I used to tell the guys in this thing, because people would just come in, and, and this is what's happening now, and I can see it actually, but... Um, so I, I used to go into that, you know, I used to double split training. So I used to train in the morning and train, come back and train in the evenings. Because I used to say, to like, try to explain to people that were speaking yeah. that we don't have gyms like this in Ireland. You're like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah, yeah. And um, But you can see now because Glenn has those gyms that are savage. But you can see people coming in and don't really appreciate how good these gyms really are, you know. Yeah, oh, that's what I like. Literally, this the I'm the same boat there because I'm only five minutes up the road. The uh, pal of mine that I would train with the most, like anytime he, he's mad to get over to 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 train and where that again I've had it now for the last three four years, so it's kind of don't appreciate it as much. It's just kind of the norm for all this yeah. equipment. And every time he comes over, like he's yeah, you know, yeah. You you go to some gyms and they're like scrapyards, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. off training in the scrapyard, so it was like, uh, so training people in there is like a pleasure, and uh, obviously I get to train there as well, so it's great, you know. But um, yeah, it was kind of like, like it was a, I, I wouldn't say it was a tough decision; it was an easy decision to make because all my clients followed me from Dublin, so so it was great. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, the minute, the the great thing about Newbridge, as you know, is when people walk in, they're just like, they're gobsmacked and they kind of go, yeah, it sells itself. Yeah. I'm joining up straight away. Yeah. I'll come here and train with you. And it's like, you know, you don't have to sell it, you know? So, yeah. 
yeah so i'm happy out there anyway like you know it definitely helped me when i decided to go ahead and compete for the first time to have that gym on my doorstep and what what made you want to compete the challenge more so than than anything to physically see how far you know i could push my body and when people ask me uh, on the lower end i think like would you recommend doing it? I, I would say no, but yes. <laughs> At the same time, if you can go about it and have that learning experience, because that's what it taught me a lot about. Yeah. You know, you think you're pushing yourself and um, you think you're dieting hard. You think you're training hard until you, you know, you physically start to assess yeah. yourself in that, in that, in that manner, you know? Well, the thing as well, James, what, what I found with, with, with bodybuilding, and I always say this to people is, it actually teaches you a lot of stuff that you can actually translate across into the rest of your life as well. Like when it comes to uh, business and, and um, relationships and family and stuff like that, you know, if you yeah. the same persistence that you have when you're doing a, a contest, you know, that, that can actually come out that you can actually use that, that yeah. of focus in other aspects of your life. Yeah, I've I've often referenced that if I could, if it could only be so driven, like because for that probably two and a half years it consumed me, yeah. Like between training and you know your diet and nutrition, it was I often say like the food just turned into like the matrix, yeah. They're just numbers and figures and and that's what I lived by for for a long period of time. And if you could apply that to other aspects, like you said, business relationships, the whole lot, like. You'd be, a, I definitely would be a lot further on than um, I am now in certain aspects. But yeah, it's definitely a big learning experience to go through that if it's done the right way. Yeah, and you see, again, it, it, it teaches a lot about, uh, as you probably see, my new, my nutrition will be always uh, spot on. Like I, I don't really eat junk or anything like that. So yeah. people, and then I don't have patience for people because they say, oh, I don't like eating chicken, mashed, you know, sweet potato or white rice, or I don't like cooking, you know, eggs and porridge in the morning. It's like when people kind of say that to me, I generally don't take them on. Um, or the, the 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 deal breaker for me would be um, I'll kind of assess someone on how they look and stuff like that. And, some people are out of shape and stuff like that and i realize that i know how much it's going to take to get this person in shape so you write out diet so what i do is progressive so i, I don't do like i don't give someone a diet and there's there's diet for a month see you whatever i i do kind of like you know for a week i get them to uh check in with me at the end of the week and then as the show gets closer they have to check in every day but but um if i do a diet for somebody and if they tell me, uh, if they look at the diet and then they get back to me and they say, where's the cheap meal? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I kind of got this, this person's not getting in shape, you know? Oh, like that's, it's generally, that's probably the the second or third question that I would get commonly asked in as well when you're, you're doing any sort of thing for anyone. Like... Once, once they ask for cheap meals, you know that they're not going to stick to what you're telling them to they're do. They're already looking for a get out. Yeah. True, so it? it's, and you see that all the time, like, you know, or, you know, uh, you do a diet and you change up sources of protein, like from fish, chicken, beef, whatever. 
egg whites and they're going, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't want to eat this and I don't want to eat that. And I, I, I just turn around and said, look, don't bother with this. <laughs> this, this ain't for you. Yeah. You know, this, you know, like, you know, if you can't eat this food, like I eat that food all the time. Yeah. So I eat the diet that I eat at the moment is the same foods uh, we'd eat if I was prepping for a contest. And the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I often notice with people, like if he asked, uh, kind of just from the, the Joe, Joe soap side of things, like asking people to say, you know, give me a food diary to see what t- typical foods you're eating, you know, on a weekly basis. Right. Yeah. So then you go ahead and you work things out and you put things together for them. And then, you know, it's probably 10 days down the line. They're kind of going, I'm sick of eating that, but you've just been eating for the last, you know, probably two years you've had porridge for breakfast. And now that you see it on a meal plan, now all of a sudden it's very bland. And I, I say it to people all the time. I say it's, it's, it's not really, it's not a diet. I always say this is the way you should be eating. This is the way your actual body's designed to eat. Your body's designed to eat this kind of food, not this shit that you're eating. Like, you know, you know, like breakfast rolls and, you know, bagels and muffins and stuff like that. My diet will be very, uh, I try to eliminate as much processed food out of my diet as I can. So it's, it's, it's a very clean, basic diet. Like, you know, and I kind of say this to people and people then that do follow it, uh, they do see the benefit and then they keep on with it. It's for energy and stuff like that. It's not just the physical aspect of it, you know, but I've tried yeah. James and, um, out of all the diets I tried, and I don't like using even the term diet, I just like lifestyle, but the, the best that I tried was carnivore. Um, I'm familiar with the carnivore diet. So um, I done a, a Skype with Sean ba- Dr. Sean Baker. He's kind of like a huge advocate of the carnivore. And I went through all my blood work with him and stuff like that, you know. And I done carnivore. And um, it was fantastic. Um, I... I- just, I would try it because I never bash anything. I tried a vegan diet for four weeks as well. Um, and um, the problem I found, so with carnivore, I got really lean. Energy levels were really high. I didn't even need to sleep that much. My my sense of smell was tremendous. Uh, my endurance was through the roof. Um, but my weight, my, my weight went right down, like, you know, um, I lost a ton of weight on it. Like, yeah, I don't really need to lose any more weight, you know? So, so I was kind of real, like, very lean, but it was streamlined. So from that diet, I went, went back just to normal dieting and fasting and stuff like that. And then I tried in the lockdown before last Christmas, I tried vegan for about four or five weeks. I said, you know what? Cause I don't, it's all about respect and I don't ever slag anybody off, like, you know, unless they try to slag me off. So I said, you know what, fuck it, I'll try it, see what it's like. And, yeah. and you know what, I did like the foods and stuff like that, but um, it makes it soft, like, really <laughs> soft, like, you know, and uh, I never really calculate or count out food. So it's like going shit. Like, I, I could notice after two weeks, you know, um, I would eat like a meal and I'd be start, like, I would eat like, let's say, 100 gram of oats with honey and blueberries on it and then some crushed flax seeds on it and really yeah. eat that and literally 45 minutes later i was starving so it was obviously messing with my blood sugar and my insulin a little bit so um so i don't really like being hungry anymore i've done enough of that for a year so uh, 
yeah. you'd go and snack on something else, you know. And uh, yeah, before you know it, like I was like kind of going shit. I, I'm kind of getting the abs are starting to get a little blurry and stuff like that. So I was like kind of going right. So I start I had to start counting out, and then I was like going trying to figure out how many calories I would need. So I was like going right. I'll, I'll start with three thousand. It just it didn't work out. I I felt that um I wouldn't have any shape if I stayed on vegan, like you know. Yeah, there isn't one size fits all. And that's with the training and with your nutrition as well. And I often say to people like if you know to try different things or like I, I've taught um some of the the PT courses and stuff like that as well. That I've often said to people coming into the industry like you need to go and try all of these things first before you start talking about them or you start to bash them or this is the way it should be done. It's not one size fits all. Like specificity is the, you know, the be all and end all. Yeah, well, that see, that's what I do. I I would try things, and I done that throughout my whole bodybuilding career, mainly with the the, the chemical side of things. You know, I would try different things and see how they worked on my body and stuff like that. You know, but I'd always try things and just come to my own conclusion. And if someone, you could use something that worked tremendously for you, I would use it and say. I really didn't get much of a benefit from it, but it was the same as um, uh, why I'm a big advocate of squatting. I, I, I stopped squatting for a while. I was just trying things, a lot more machines and stuff like that for my legs and my legs lost. Now I always have legs. I've had legs since I was a teenager, like as in the muscularity in my legs. But um, once I stopped doing any kind of barbell squats, uh, free weight squats, man, my legs just right down like you know so i went back squatting and within a couple of weeks my legs the fullness and the hardness came back into my legs so i look around the gym and i see guys that are doing stuff for their legs and i look and i said that's why you don't have legs because you're not actually putting any time into squats you know yeah and yeah it has to be it has to be specific and that's where i think the benefits of like working with yourself or having a coach to point out those things because i think you know, for the average Joe in the gym, and a lot of them are like that. They're consuming stuff, you know, if it's um, something that's posted online or something that's shared or like it's in a magazine or whatever it is at this stage, it's kind of like throwing darts in the dark. Someone might work for somebody and they got great results and they're sending to share it to someone else and going, you need to try this and it just doesn't work for them. Well, see, this is the thing. And uh, again, it goes back to guys don't like being uncomfortable anymore. Like if you're squatting and you're squatting, you know, 12 to 15 reps or even up to 20 reps with a, a weight that's proper challenging you, mm. it is very, very tough. Yeah. And you put that person hack squat, it's a little different. Okay. Hack squat obviously can be tough, but um, it's not, it's, 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 it's the, the feeling of having a heavy barbell on your back is completely different. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I do believe it builds a different kind of look to the muscle, a different physique, the whole lot. Like, you know, and that that's how I built up my body over the years was those heavy free weights. Um, like I don't do that anymore because I don't need to, but um, but I any of my clients that you see, they put on a tremendous amount of size, and it's from that eating and from the way we train. So I always travel with a lot of free weight movement, you know. Yeah, I think they get the basics are always going to be you know a king when it comes to those things as well but you don't see them doing it anymore very rarely you no. see them doing it. and if they do squat they squat wrong <laughs> so. 
yeah, well, yeah, this is the other side of it then as well. Like, and that's, you know, people, I think with the gym and with the misinformation, but people just think it's, it's just a place you go to do something that you think you know how to do correctly. Yeah. But like anybody, like you, you could, uh, like yourself over the next couple of days when you go to the gym or anyone that's, that's used the podcast around, if you walk around, like if you in the gym, look around, you'll see girls squatting. Very rarely you see guys squatting, and it's a uh, very rare occasion you see anyone doing like proper front squats. Yeah, you know, or doing proper like uh, deadlifts or bent over rows. You don't see people doing that anymore, you know. And the problem, yeah, deep reflects that, you know. And you see that, yeah, they're falling into the stereotype big time. Well, I see. I, I'm judging. I see on stage, I know who's squatting, who's not squatting. I know who's training their back heavy. I know who's pressing heavy. You can see it on stage. You know, you can see the that thickness to the muscle that, that you get from that kind of training. And it's 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 just, it's unfortunate, you know, but I need a lot to come to me and end up doing that kind of training anyway. Like, you know, and if yeah. you do it, they can go somewhere else, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the person has a good reason not to be able to do it, if they have an injury or, you know, yeah. which can be worked with as well, like, you know, but but it, it all goes back to basics. And I always say this, even with nutrition, the whole lot, like, you know, like what really annoys me is a lot of people will eat processed food after training. I had this discussion with someone only recently and I asked him why he was eating a certain thing. And he said to get sugars in. Bag of jellies is the usual. Yeah, jellies and or rice crispy squares or whatever cocoa puffs. Yeah, cocoa puffs. Yeah. yeah. And I said, like, you can all, all have you heard of a banana <laughs> or a piece a couple of pieces of fruit, you know, and then eat a proper rice or potatoes and a good protein source like uh, easy to digest, like fish or or chicken or turkey or egg whites, but they eat this kind of junk and then they're wondering why you know they have bad skin and you know they're not getting they like the crash they get after doing that it's, it's just they're just doing themselves no favor a lot of these guys like you know yeah. see me like what i tell people to do and then they see the results that the people are getting it is hard work after training eating quite fish and rice and a bit of fruit but it does job and it gives the physique again that fullness that needs your body doesn't really want cocoa pops like yeah i'll argue with anybody over that like what's wrong with like fruit you know or or oatmeal or something like that you know and you see so many of these guys and they're just they're just looking for the easy way out like you know yeah i think that's like it comes back to what we were talking about earlier there it's having that full commitment you're like if you're gonna do it, do it right, do it once, and, and do it the correct way. And and the big thing I see now, James, is a lot of lads have really bad skin, really bad skin, and they get up on stage with really bad skin, and um, and these are the guys that are eating. But obviously, it's from a like a chemical, bad chemical source. Obviously, their body their body can't use it, and then obviously they're eating this shitty food, shitty product coming out on the skin like you know because you see them the young guys in the gym you'll see it yourself and they have acne and stuff like that and it's it's not good 
because you don't see that at the t- at the top level, the top no. table. Like you, you, that doesn't. And uh, I never suffered it um, when I was competing. Like you know, I have pictures to prove it. Like uh, on stage, my skin was always clear yeah. looking. You know, so yeah, I see it when I'm judging. I see it, and it's like, man, like what's going on? Like you know. Mm like there's not enough information there and they're not putting enough time into supplementation either to help their skin, you know, like fats and even primrose oil and vitamin E and stuff like that. You know, they're not doing these things that are necessary to have healthy skin as well. They don't realize when you get on stage, you're judged on your skin as well in presentation. Yeah. You're literally, you're literally under the spotlight. Yeah. You know, you should be looking your best. And you're seeing this all the time now, like, you know, so things, Things are going good, but certain things need to change. Now, if I was to change one thing, it would be the shitty information. You know, a lot of shitty information. And then there's a lot of people that are just trying to make money off people. Of course, everyone needs to make a living, but there's a big difference between making a living and, and ripping people as well. Like, you know, so, you know, you have to have some kind of integrity when you're taking on clients as well. And you have to have their best interest in what uh, being a heart as well like you know not like just people's health people's health are risk at the end of the day as well you know well i don't know what's going to happen in a few years when um because like anything that ha- like so when when i was doing everything that i took and done and was my my doing so you know i done whatever to myself you know so but if you're giving that information to another person and they get health problems who told them to do it like you know yeah a lot of these guys have to remember that as well so if you're telling someone to take this take that and, you know, you'd be grand and the brand you know yeah. i think it's only a matter of time before that will come back and bite you in the acid i think it's already happened to some coach in the uk that was given these mad direct protocols to athletes and and they're like yeah. dying and stuff like that you know and it's all coming back to this guy like you know so you have to be really, really careful on what the information that you're giving out because at the end of the day, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a pharmacist, so I don't, you know. Yeah. I always, at that level, like. Yeah, but you, you tell people, like, you know, it's your decision and, you know, if you were to take something, I would probably recommend A, B, and C, but I'm not telling you to say, but yeah. you're a big boy and girl, but I'm not going to write it out and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah have to use a little bit of cop on as well like you know yeah well that's what um you know sometimes common sense isn't isn't so common yeah because i say yeah like people send me tons of information james thing like you know i Mm. see these cycles that are done for people be sending them to me and i'm looking through and going well it is good like it will do the job but you know, if you're not, if he's not telling you to get regular blood work and he hasn't asked for blood work and he's telling you to take this, I, I I do think you're playing like a little bit of Russian roulette with your with your health, like with your you know your heart, your liver, your kidneys, and stuff like that. You know, so and also you have to think about the mental health aspect of it as well. Like you know, yeah, that's a totally different side of that. Yeah, like you're suffering right. any depression, which a lot of people and I'm sure you suffered with a little bit of anxiety over these. Yeah. As I did, and um, if you're taking a, a chemical that alters that brain chemistry a little bit, like it's not healthy to do that. Like you know, yeah. 
I don't, I don't think enough emphasis is put on that neither on no, the def, definitely not because there is a lot of people that are suffering out in the fitness industry um, and they're too afraid to actually come out and, and say that they are suffering because everyone because everyone's taking a hit I've taken a hit you've taken a hit I know loads of people have taken a hit so um, I do think there's a lot more pressure on people nowadays you know yeah People do, you know, talk about it a little bit more and stuff like that. You know, that's why I'm really hopeful that the gyms will stay open as well. Yeah, I think it's definitely that's that's something that can't be um, that happen this time around for sure. Even for just the, the mental health aspect. Did you find in the last lockdown that you had anyone reaching out? They're suffering because they can't go to the gym like so for mentally because they can't go to the gym or not around people and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like even for my, for my own experience, um, I, I literally went back to, and again, this was kickstarting with the, you know, playing football and stuff like that. I went back to, to running something that I hadn't done in probably 10 years. Mm. Um, and I went running with, with a friend over that period. And it was, we were like, I was, you know, cause you, we, this was the full lockdown at the time. Yeah, I was kind of getting up in the morning, going well, like we've we've a run at twelve o'clock, and I was couldn't wait to, you know, getting up at, at probably half six seven, and I was watching the clock, going, is it time to to go for my my run yet? Because I had that social interaction with someone, and we go for a run, and we start getting some decent, you know, it was five k's and ten k's. We we built it up and built it up. So for me, it was that longer periods. Then you know, if you're running for half an hour, running for an hour, running for an hour and a half, and you're social, you're having a chat with someone. Yeah, it's yeah. a great release, you know. Yeah. And you see, this is the thing. I think a lot of people miss that, like you know, because you have to have someone there to. Humans at the end, we're like we are primates, and we all hang out together and stuff like that. We're not supposed to be like lone wolves. Yeah, people will talk that they are lone wolves. We're not. We're not designed that way. Like you need to have interaction with people. You need to talk to people, you know. And this is the thing, like you know, and. I did, I did have a lot of people get on to me and said that they were suffering, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously they were, some of them were actually still were working, but they were stuck inside their apartment, nowhere to go, mm-hmm. no gym to go to and stuff like that. But as you said, I, I told them the best thing they can do is get out early in the morning, go for a walk. You know what? But I'm a huge believer in walking, like just walking, not running, but just walking because you do thinking. Because your calves are like your your uh, second heart down there, like because you know they pump the blood around the body, and you know you think a lot better, and you you know blood is circulating, and you feel a lot better than after you go for a walk for an hour or two, and you know that's just that circle. Because if you ever think about it, if you if you sit and if you're lying in bed and the problem comes to you. Man, all you'll think about is all the negative parts of that problem. You won't think to a solution of that problem. So what I always say to people is just get up and it doesn't matter what time it is and go for a walk. Yeah. Walk. That's I, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was saying. There. I just couldn't wait to, yeah, yeah. to, to, to get out for it, you know. When you're walking, everything starts to, okay, okay, right, this is what I'll do with this. And, you know, you figure shit out in your head. But if you're lying there in the bed kind of going, oh, fuck. You know, how am I going to do with this or how am I going to pay this or, you know, you're just going to wind yourself up so much like, you know, so yeah. what, that's that's another or, or running if you can run, you know, but um, 
but yeah there's there's a lot of things and that's why i kind of stayed kind of a little bit more interactive on instagram over that time as well because just talking to people and that you know and you know it is it should be more of a community in the fitness industry because i do feel that's kind of there's there's that lack of community with the younger guys as well like you know yeah it's probably something that's got lost from you know from when you started first that that you know that whole community sense is probably gone and again it's a multitude of different reasons behind it as well yeah but you see this is the thing like i mean uh, as i said before like i'm still in contact with lads that i competed against two decades ago and um you know the majority of the lads i'm still still in contact with like you know so i thought i'd be we'd be yapping and stuff like that and it's not about bodybuilding but just life in general so we just talk and stuff like that and you know at the shows you get to meet them and it's you know this is this is the thing but in the in what you're seeing now with the younger guys is they don't seem to like to i don't know whether it's they'd like to or they just don't know how to interact with people i have me on this and now you have to remember i'm brutal with remembering people um you know if i see them on a screen but if i see them in person it's but I'll see people and I kind of go, hey, I think that, was, that guy, that guy was texting me last night. I had a good chat with him on Instagram and he didn't even say hello to me. So I'd go over and say hello. <laughs> yeah, you know? that the art of a conversation is is gone. Again, that's down to phones and yeah. you know, the environment that we're in now as well. But even like teaching on some of the, the, the gym instruction courses, like even the the art of eye contact, you know, you're, you're trying to show someone how to, how to use a piece of equipment and they're eventually going to go and teach somebody else when they can't look you in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, but it's, it's, uh, but you can see that in the younger guys and it's like, you know, you kind of feel sorry for them in a way because, you know, I, I would be very much into, uh, interacting with people. That's how I've done so well over the years was I was good at yapping to people and just talking to people anywhere I went, I'd talk to people. I'd find someone to talk to. Um, Oh, gathering information at the same time you know yeah that's when i was in the states i had people say it's wrecked because they just go and start talking <laughs> <laughs> you're probably going here's this mad irish pastor coming over taking all these <laughs> but yeah but like that's the only way you'll get information and you know when there's lads in the gym there like i mean you know like i'm down there in newbridge and there'll be times there where i have a bit of a free time where i'm training I don't train like years ago when I trained, I wouldn't have, a, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I was just train and get the job done. But now I'd be kind of very open. I wouldn't mind someone coming up and talking to me, but guys are terrified to talk to you. Like, you know, or they don't come oh, yeah. up and ask you or they send you. They'll send <laughs> I've you. seen you in the gym earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they'll send you a question. And you're like, oh, why the fuck didn't you just come and ask me? Like, you know, ask me that question. You probably get, better detail you know from me if, if you asked it like you know yeah but yeah but like that's just the way the way to own like you know unfortunately isn't I, mean, I think that's that's probably a good place to to end it we could chat all night i think about about the industry <laughs> and the in, ins and outs yeah but i want to wish you the the best of luck down in newbridge and heading into the the new year with the business as well as always thank you all for listening i really hope you enjoyed today's show And if you'd like to get in touch with myself or Tommy, I have put links in the show description below.